You know, Josefina, I can't believe we're witnessing yet another ATP star on the rise, not to mention someone who we're already big fans of. Ah, uh, yes, you're probably talking about our guy, Lorenzo Musetti. Of course, and he's been doing quite well recently in Mexico and doesn't fail to celebrate his wins. I mean, if Lorenzo Musetti can fall on his back every time he wins a match, we can definitely fall on our backs to celebrate our 50th episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hold On To Your Racket, the podcast for Gen Z tennis fans. We're your hosts, Travia and Josefina. Josefina and I are so excited to be creating this podcast and sharing our love for tennis with you all. Shravi and I are two high school gals and tennis fanatics united together by our on-the-court and off-the-court companionship. And we're the young female voices in modern-day tennis you've been looking for, so we hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned for more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 50th episode of Hold On To Your Racket. We're really excited about that. We'll get into that just a bit. Today is March 19th. We've had a pretty hectic week of tennis, I would say. Four tournaments, a lot of drama in all of them. Um, I think when I realized that there would be drama this week is when I was watching one of the matches in St. Petersburg. And whenever they would grunt, this was the Ostapenko-Christian match, which was like really intense. Whenever they would grunt or say come on or something, which was like after every single point, because it was such a close match, their grunts would like echo on the court inside because it was an indoor court so I could tell like this is just the start of the drama of what this week in tennis is going to look like not to mention all the people who've withdrawn from Miami that's something we're going to talk about in our Miami preview episode but a lot of tennis news but let's talk about our 50th episode Josefina I don't know about you but I would say that when we started the episode uh the start of the podcast in late summer we were friends right but we weren't you know as close as we are now and I think something that you can tell through our conversations throughout our episodes over time as we've become you know closer and closer friends through this we really enjoy producing the podcast and growing it um and you know we know we're still starting out and stuff but we appreciate each and every one of you who listen who like it um who you know interact with us on social media i've made a ton of uh met a ton of cool people on tennis twitter too um so we want to thank you all for that And in honor of our 50th episode, we would also really appreciate it if you could share this episode with a friend uh, or on your social media, on your Twitter, on your Instagram, whatever, or anywhere or to anyone who you think would enjoy it because the two of us really have a lot of fun making this podcast and we just want to continue bringing exciting stuff and producing more fun content for, for those Gen Z tennis fans. Definitely. I mean, looking back to our first few episodes, they were so robotic. We had they were every such a mess. word written out, ready to be spoken. And now, you know, we're just winging this. We're just that yeah. good now. We've yeah, really- now we literally just like take a few notes about, okay, these are things we want to talk about. And then, you know, that's pretty much it. So not only, um, so I guess you could say that our podcast growth um symbolizes the growth of our friendship yes definitely and it's kind of cool that we have that on tape i mean that's pretty awesome oh definitely Um, but yeah let's get into the tennis Uh, enough of our emotional friendship enough about us yeah enough about us let's talk about the the real tennis players (laughs) 
we're real tennis players. Hey, honestly, at this point, we should just get a wild card into Miami. Yeah, women's doubles draw. Just let us in. Seriously, we've been waiting for that moment. Practicing eye formation. Oh my god, let's talk about that before we get in. Sorry, we're gonna we're gonna a funny anecdote is so Josephina and I get to play doubles um, every week in our tennis class, and Josephina was scrolling through Instagram on the ATP Tennis TV Instagram, and, like, you know, they post, like, those fun compilation videos and stuff, and there was one of, like, the doubles players. I, who, do you remember who it was? I think it was no Rajiv idea. Ram. Maybe, no, I think people. it was Cabal and Farah, I think it, it was. It was a bunch of them. Yeah. It was a bunch of them, but yeah. Yeah, um, so <laughs> I saw the video, and I saw that when they served, they did the switcheroonie thing because the server was near the center of the court, which isn't, like usually a thing in doubles they're usually out farther towards the alley and then they switch so that the server came in to the opposite side of the court not even forward and then the um volleyer that was there switched the other side of the court so i was like uh shravia we have to try this and we did um this weekend we were playing team tennis actually and we were on the same team and we were also paired for doubles and we tried it out and it worked i mean they missed the return into the net i think they were a bit distracted by our our movement super but, hey, cool we're gonna, plan we're, we're gonna call it a win but yeah miami should just let us come next week and speaking of tennis tournaments we're gonna start off with saint petersburg the wta 500 and I mean, you might know, St. Petersburg, not the Florida one. This is, in fact, the one in Russia. So let's talk about the Russians, actually. Um, You know, both of our champ picks are out, unfortunately. Fiona Farrow and Paula Badosa. But all we have left are Russians. Yeah, I mean, seven out of eight of the quarterfinalists were all Russian. Uh, The only person who wasn't Russian was Jacqueline Christian, who who I mentioned a few minutes ago, who's from Romania, and she qualified for the event. And she actually had a pretty good win. She defeated Yelena Ostapenko in the second round, but then ended up losing to Kuznetsova in the quarterfinals. Um, But Josefina, I mean, I know you have some Russian blood, so you must be pretty proud to be Russian this week, seeing all these uh, WTA Russian players uh, playing pretty well in St. Petersburg. I mean, recently, it seems like I've been to all these places. Like, I went to St. Petersburg in 2019, but I never go when the tennis is happening. (laughs) So unfortunate. Yeah. All right, looking ahead to the semifinals, which is where we're at in St. Petersburg, our first semifinal is Margarita Gasparian versus Vera Zvonareva. Just to, you know, reiterate, both these semifinals are all Russian, so we have a guaranteed Russian champion. So Gasparian is actually, she has a wild card into this tournament. She's one of the few WTA players with a one-handed backhand. So, you know, I would encourage you to either check out some GIFs online or, like, watch a little video because her one-handed backhand is pretty cool. And um, this is her career best semifinal, so the highest level tournament that she's gotten to a semifinal of. And she's going to be facing off against a player who's on her comeback run, which is Vera Zvonareva. She's the former world number two. She was the 2010 Wimbledon and U.S. Open singles finalist. And we've seen her sort of uh, on the comeback these past few months to a year. And she actually won the 2020 U.S. Open double, uh, women's doubles trophy Um just last year. So this is going to be an interesting matchup. Zvonareva had a very um, uh, difficult match in the round of 16 where she defeated Fiona Farah, who I thought was going to win the tournament, um, in three hours and 13 minutes, 6-7, 7-5, 7-6. So definitely a tough matchup there. 
And then she defeated Gasanova, who uh, a fellow Russian, in the quarterfinal, 6-3, 6-1. So in terms of picks for who I think is going to win this match, I'm going to give it to Gasparian. I, I'm just kind of like, she's on a roll, so why not let her continue her dream run? Who says she can't? She also just defeated the number one seed of Katerina Alexandrova in the quarterfinal, 6-2, 7-5. And her backhand is pretty cool. So I just picked her. I mean, I'm all for the Cinderella story when it comes to tournaments like this, but I mean, I think I'm going to give it to Zvonareva because it sounds like she's on her comeback and I mean, we've seen her potential before and I think she has the chance here to really get back to that level and I think she can. I think it's also one thing that, you know, is really important to note is like Zvonareva, I mean, her like success in singles was years ago and it's ha- it's great to see her coming back but she's put in a lot of work to come back from injury uh she had a baby um so she spent years off the tour and you know seeing her kind of put in that hard work to fight back and now into the semifinals of a wta 500 event is pretty amazing yeah so next up for the semifinals we have Svetlana Kuznetsova, a former US Open champion, versus Daria Kasatkina. And she's also on a bit of a resurgence. She reached a career high of number ten in twenty eighteen and is on her way back up right now. So Kasatkina, the eighth seed, defeated Kujirmitova, the second seed, one six six one six two in the quarterfinals to get to the semifinal. And then her opponent, Kuznetsova, the number four seed defeated Christian six seven six three six three in the quarterfinals as well to get here. So I'm gonna give this to this semifinal match Kuznetsova versus Kasakina to Kasakina because I think she can win the whole thing. She's just been on a roll. I agree. I think I'm also picking Kasakina. I think. It's also great to see Kuznetsova, who is who's also one of those more veteran players, making a comeback like Zvonareva is. Um, but I think Kazakina, ever since... I remember her sort of, like, resurgence. Ever since um, that match versus Azarenka in Rome, where she was there in the first set tiebreak, she was leading in the tiebreak, and then she rolled her ankle really badly. And I thought then and there, I was like, this girl was got to the Indian Wells final just three years ago she was in the top 10 for a bit after that you know she Kazakina was a huge force to be reckoned with and then she kind of slipped off um but it's pretty awesome to see that she's coming back and I think that the past few months have been really solid for her I think in that tournament during the Australian Open that took started the second week of the Australian Open for all the WTA players who had kind of lost in the first few rounds um of the Grand Slam the one that they were playing in uh she Kazakina did well in that tournament as well um I think it was the Phillips Island trophy so yeah I I'm also picking Kazakina and what's also really interesting about this tournament is that the WTA Russian world number one ranking is also at stake well sorry the WTA Russian number one ranking is also at stake so the highest ranked Russian so it's currently Alexandrova at number 34 but if Kuznetsova who's currently number 36 uh defeats uh 36 or 39 I'm I'm not totally sure I think Kudermatova Kuznetsova and Alexandrova are all are all really close to each other in the rankings but if Kuznetsova defeats Kazakina, she will become the Russian world number one. And as we said before, there's a guaranteed Russian champion. So big, big area of success for the Russians in this tournament. And we also had a Russian ATP champion in St. Petersburg at the end of last year with Rublev. So it would be, it's nice that that's going to happen again. 
Our next tournament that we're going to preview, uh, well, not preview, well, we're previewing the finals of it um, because we've gotten to that stage is the Dubai ATP 500 level event. We have, who would have thought, Lloyd Harris versus Aslan Karatsev. Josefina, I know, is a little bit pained about this final. I personally, even though a lot of my favorite players, you know, Shapovalov, Rublev, even though they lost at the expense of this final, I am really excited to see a new, unique final at this tournament. So first up, we have Lloyd Harris, the South African, defeated Dennis Shapovalov 6-7, 6-4, 7-6 in the semis. Um, Most recently, he said um, in his Encore interview, I don't have many words right now. I'm super happy with that win. Being a set and 2-4 down is mentally and physically a a little bit troublesome for me, but I found my best tennis from there. And he also defeated Dominic Thiem in the second round, 6-3, 6-4, and then Nishikori in the quarterfinals, 6-1, 3-6, 6-3. So huge tennis from Lloyd Harris. And did you know that Lloyd Harris's foot was bleeding? during this match versus Chapham, his foot was like bleeding through his sock. You could see it. I did not know that. Did he get a medical timeout? I'm not sure. Um, I had class during the match, so I was really just like tracking on Twitter what was going on. Um, But I saw pictures of it and it looked really bad, but props to Lloyd Harris for pulling through and you know, get, like that. Th- these are three massive wins, and he we've been seeing amazing tennis from him throughout this entire year so far. Yeah, and then speaking of his wins, I saw something really funny on Instagram, and I think I showed it to you too. It was something about um something someone's missing. It's Dominic Thiem because he hasn't been past the later rounds of a tournament in a while now since the Nito ATP Finals last year, so. Tiam is kind of in a slump right now. I think it's smart, though, that he decided to withdraw from Miami and kind of focus on the clay season upcoming because yeah, we know yeah. that he, he's the you prince know, that's, of clay. Yeah, that's what he wants to focus on next. So, And I think Team also said that he doesn't feel mentally or physically at his best as maybe he did towards like in 2020. So I think it's good that he's taking the time to rest up. I don't think it's that concerning for Dominic Team fans. Yeah. And then we have the opponent of Lloyd Harris, Aslan Karatsev, who ended Andrei Rublev's 23-match ATP 500 winning streak, 6-2-4-6-6-4, in the semifinals. And he said about that match, he, as in Karatsev, said, It was a really tight match against a tough opponent. It was an unbelievable performance from Andre. He didn't lose a match at an ATP 500 in one year. Everything was decided in one or two points. I feel happy. So good for him. And he also defeated Yannick Sinner in the quarterfinals. And I mean, this guy came out of nowhere in the Australian Open, made the semifinals, and now he's here again. I mean, people probably thought that it was a fluke that he made it that far in the Australian Open. But the fact that he's here again in another semifinal at an ATP 500 event where he just defeated the king of the ATP 500s, I think that means that he's really here to stay. Yeah, I think also um, Rublev was talking about in his uh, a couple of days ago. Once people started talking more and more about how Rublev is inching closer and closer towards beating Federer's record of twenty eight consecutive match wins at the ATP five hundred level, that kind of you know he started thinking about that more and more. Maybe some of that pressure came into play, but we shouldn't take away from Karatsev's amazing performance because that is awesome. I also do want to note that Lloyd Harris, we as we just mentioned. 
has been playing solid tennis since the start of the year. He's been backing up his wins again and again, including, like, you can just see how awesome his wins are in this tournament with the uh, Nishikori team and Shapovalov. But we also talked about Karatsev during the Australian Open has been having a ton of success on the Challenger Tour near the end of last year. And then he's carried that through to the Australian Open, coming through qualifying and then reaching the semis. And that level hasn't dropped. So I think the most props that we should give to both of these guys is that they've sort of been producing these great results and then kind of matching them again and again. And not only like producing more wins and great tennis, but also wins and great tennis against some of the best and most informed players in the world right now. So I think it's super exciting to see this matchup because we see this a lot on the WTA where like a bunch of like maybe the lower ranked women really bring it and, you know, can take out a lot of the top seeds and top um, players but to see it to happen you know that in such a you know packed field in Dubai with these two continuing their 2021 success I think is really exciting so Josefina who is your pick to win the Dubai title I'm handing it off to the predictions queen I you you go first well this one's kind of difficult but honestly I'm gonna say Karatsev because I just think first of all this is a week for the Russians, looking back at the St. Petersburg tournament. And then also, um, I think it's time he won a tour-level title this year because he's made it that far in a Grand Slam. I think he definitely deserves this win. Yeah, I, I really am struggling to pick, too, because um, Karatsev is a player with a lot of firepower. I know, Josefina, you were talking a lot about his forehand and his serve during the Australian Open and how that was like such a key two key weapons of his um and you know Denis Shapovalov is very similar in terms of being a very um you know power player and Lloyd Harris just had a great win over him so in a sense I think that also is advantageous but I think it's it's going to be a matter of uh physicality because Lloyd Harris I believe had to come through qualifying for this event so that's a lot of matches back-to-back as well and also I don't know what's going on with the foot um but I think it's going to be an exciting one and I hope it's a battle I really don't know who to pick I think I might I might as well just bandwagon off of Josephine's (laughs) pick for Karatsev um because I would think it would be really cool to see him win a title he's also so chill about everything like (laughs) he's just like you know I remember that moment from his press conference at the Australian Open when someone asked him like how like he he went on a bathroom oh break yeah in the middle you to hype yourself up no i just went to pee <laughs> yeah you compare how chill karatsev was about going to the bathroom break versus oh dennis shapovalov in that match versus sinner at the australian oh God, open i'm so gonna piss funny. my pants that was so funny i also do hope that we see more of shapovalov in the blue kit in miami Okay, it's too soon to let that go. It really is. I I think he's I think it's for the hard court season, like the early hard court season. So hopefully hopefully we get to see more of it for no particular reason. <laughs> so, moving on to Mexico, we have Acapulco, the ATP 500, and we're going to start off with the semifinals here because we're pretty late in this tournament and we have first Lorenzo Musetti versus Stefano Tsitsipas. So first, we're going to talk about Lorenzo Musetti. You might have heard of him, 19-year-old Italian superstar who came through qualifying. And this is this semifinal is just his 12th 
ATP Tour level match, which is crazy. And this is his first ATP 500 semifinal, and he defeated Grigor Dimitrov 6-4-7-6 in the quarterfinals to get there. And also, on the way to this semifinal, he made his first top 10 win in the first round versus Diego Schwartzman. So big stuff from him. And his match against Schwartzman was also the first time he's ever played a top 10 player in his life. So he is, you know, 100% winning percentage against top 10 players. Um, he also had a great match versus Francis Tiafo. It was a third set tiebreak, um, which he absolutely dominated. Um, so very exciting for him. And even more exciting, we talk a lot about rankings, the importance of breaking through those big landmark rankings. And for Lorenzo... He's going to be breaking into the top 100 on Monday with these newly attained points. And uh, he said, quote, it's the best week of my life. Simple. I came here to play qualifying. And of course, I wanted to get through it and gain some points and experience. But I didn't expect to reach the semifinals for sure. I'm really excited about this. And I'm excited about how I'm playing. So there's another Italian teenager for you who's on the rise. Um, Very excited to see Josefina and I are big fans ever since his uh, run in Rome at the Masters 1000 event there. So this is super exciting. And also, what's even more exciting is that now that Novak Djokovic has withdrawn from Miami, if one more person withdraws from Miami, Lorenzo is directly into the main draw of that tournament. So I am kind of hoping for someone else to pull out. Not Berrettini, uh, not one of our faves, but you know, someone else can pull out just so that Mercedes can get in. That would be really exciting to see. But nevertheless, a great run here so far, and I'm really excited about his math versus Sitsipas. And we were talking about it a little bit in our little intro skit, but the way that he celebrates every time he wins a match, every single time he falls on the floor, like, Mr. What are you going to do if you win the whole thing? Like, fall further into the floor? I'm scared. I don't want him to injure his back. I think you said this um, <laughs> when we were we were watching TFO's match. To uh, Wait, was it? T- yeah, we were watching TFO's match separately but um right at match point we were texting each other we we're like oh my god he won and then he fell on the court on his back and josephine texted me something like what is this kid doing he can really like this is an atp 500 level of win this isn't like a grand slam or anything yeah that was funny but you can see how much it means to him i mean totally makes sense why he feels that happy um, but there were definitely a lot of jokes going around on tennis Twitter about, like, this kid is acts like he wins Roland Garros every time he wins a match. Um, but I, definitely this guy has, you know, even, especially with, like, the COVID ranking rule changes, it's even harder to break into the top 100. So it's big stuff that he was able to do so. And as we said, he's going to be facing Stefano Tsitsipas in the semifinal, which is quite exciting we talk about the wta always having the stacked bottom halves of the draw the atp seems to really like stock stacked top halves of the draw because steph had to play a really difficult match in the uh, in his uh, quarterfinal versus felix ogie which he won seven five three six six three and these two guys have known each other for a while and trained together uh for years so that's why Sitsipas said it was a high intensity match from both sides. We both played incredible tennis. Generally, I think I learned from it. It's a good match to have in my portfolio. It's a good match to have in my ATP tour history and growing an important rivalry with Felix with many more to come like this. I feel like Sitsipas is always very insightful with his quotes and like with what he says. He's just a deep guy. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, he posted another cardboard sign photo today. I know he really, he started that during quarantine. Those are always funny. Um, but as for Felix, he said, I think it's one of the best matches we've played. I think the last four times it was straightforward my way or his way. So definitely a lot of stuff to learn from for both of them. And Stefanos is also the first seed in this tournament. So he's kind of leading that top half. And we'll see how, you know... The battle, oh, this is so cheesy, but the battle of the one-handed backhands versus Tsitsipas and Musetti, how that plays out. I just rolled my eyes out loud. But also, Musetti just played Grigor <laughs> Dimitrov. That was another battle of the one-handers, so that seems to be a theme in Acapulco. Um, I saw a really funny tweet. There's people on Twitter who, like, think that one-handed backhands are, like, like the obsession over one-handed backhands is kind of basic, which I totally understand, but at the same time, I saw a tweet that, like, that was like, I'm a simple girl. I see a one-handed backhand, and I like it. And I was like, this is like me. I totally agree. Federer, Dimitrov, Shapovalov, Tsitsipas, Musetti, I think you can see a trend here. Shapovalov's recent, like, slow-mo videos of his jumping backhand have been so good. And then, didn't they add that song, like, the levitating yeah. song by Dua Lipa to it? Yeah, really I saw someone who did, yeah, very, very, a lot of pretty backhands on tour. <laughs> so, talking about Tsitsipas again, I mean, we've seen really solid results from him recently with three consecutive semifinals now, including the Australian Open and Rotterdam, and now Acapulco. So, he, he was definitely on a roll here. And then our other semifinal, we have Dominic Kofer versus Alexander Zverev. This match is actually going right now, on right now as we speak, so we'll see how it goes. So Dominic Kofer, he defeated Milos Raonic, the fourth seed, 6-4-6-2 in the round of 16. And then to get to the semifinal, he defeated Cameron Nori, 7-4-6-4 in the quarterfinals. So he is unseeded in this tournament, really snuck into the semifinals. Nobody really saw it coming, but um, I mean, good luck to him playing Alexander Zverev, who walked over from his quarterfinal versus Rude. Well, gotta walk over. Well, yeah, gotta walk over from his um, quarterfinal versus Rude to get to the semifinals because Rude injured his wrist, unfortunately. And Rude only just recovered from an ab injury that he contracted in the Australian Open. And again, we were talking about all the abdominal injuries at the Australian Open. That was kind of insane. And then Alexander Zverev defeated Laszlo Jure before then, 6-4, 6-3. So, yeah, that's the other semifinal. Definitely a more interesting top half one. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely agree. I think Kopfer is one of those guys who's pl- also played college tennis and is seeing like success on the pro tour now. That's a topic we've talked a lot about, especially with the rise of Jennifer Brady. A few weeks ago, we were that was definitely something we were discussing. But I'm gonna, I just, I gotta say, just looking at Zverev's draw versus looking at the top half draw for Tsitsipas, because Zverev's the number two seed and Tsitsipas the number one seed, the difference is astounding. This is what we were talking about, about like ATP top halves are like the WTA bottom halves. They're just always, you know, they seem to be stacked. I mean, not only does Zverev get a walkover, which is like not his, like, I mean, that 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 was unexpected, but like, 
the top half had Diego. It had, well, Mercedes clearly showing some strength here. Dimitrov, who's had success in Acapulco for the past few years. Um, Stefano Sissipas, Felix. Uh, Corda was there too. Um, another dark horse, probably TFO. Massetti was probably also going to be a dark horse. Diego Schwartzman. And then the bottom half it was just like a cakewalk, pretty much, for Alexander Zverev. But uh, it is what it is. We'll see how the tournament plays it out, though. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's a that's a that's probably a reference that only Gen Z listeners will understand. I actually don't um, even know where it's from. I just know it. <laughs> um, looking into our second tournament in Mexico, we have the Monterey tournament at the WTA 250 level event. We are pretty much into the semifinal stage. There's one semifinals that hasn't been decided yet, um, which will be the opponent of Leila Fernandez. So Leila Fernandez reached the quarterfinals in Monterey last year as well, and now she's into the semis and she hasn't dropped a set all week uh we talked about her a little bit in our i believe our uh wta season recap episode which actually has been our most successful episode to date which is really interesting uh nice to see that um but we talked about how she's kind of really been on the rise these past couple of years Uh, she's from canada she's a lefty she has a lot of variety in her game um, so she's into the semifinals, which is great, and she's going to face the winner of the match between Anna Karolina Schmidlova and Sara Saribas Tormo, the tr- three, three name name, uh, ladies, um, but Saribas Tormo, I mean, she continues to be informed, she just won the title in Guadalajara last week, and then Ka- Anna Karolina Schmidlova, we've mentioned her here and there, she's kind of on the comeback trail too, she used to be, I think, like a top 30 top 32 player um and was really on the rise until kind of that got derailed a bit but she seems to be doing well too um so nice to see that um match in the matchup in the quarterfinals i think that'll be it's going on right now but that'll be an interesting one between tormo and shmidlova to decide who's gonna face Layla fernandez and then the other semifinal is Anne Lee, the eighth seed, versus Victoria Golubich. And Anne Lee took out the third seed, Zhang Sai Sai 7561, earlier today, actually, to get here. And neither Lee nor Golubich have dropped a set all week. They are both on fire. And we did predict Anne Lee to win the whole thing, so we're definitely rooting for her here. Um, she's definitely proved herself. I believe she broke into the top 100 either late last year or, yeah, it was late last year. So she's another one that's on the rise, a youngster on the rise. And speaking of which, like, we have a couple of youngsters still in the draw. Layla Fernandez and Ann Lee, both super young teenagers, I believe. Um, Fernandez is Canadian and Ann Lee is playing for the U.S., but either way, interesting to see some North American youngsters. Yeah, um, Layla is actually 18 and Anne's 19, so very young. Um, seems like the teenagers are having some success in Mexico this week. But yeah, we just wanted to highlight that because, I mean, we already, you know, have this wave of younger WTA players doing really well on the big stages like uh, Osaka, Sabalenka, Sviatek, um, Kostyuk. Well, actually, I was I was getting I was keeping um, like Osaka, Andrescu, Sublenka, because they're like a little bit older. But now we're seeing as you like as you were just saying, so these teen names coming through like Anne Lee, Kostyuk, 
Fernandez, Viatek. So, golf. Oh, my God. How could I forget? <laughs> so, it's kind of nice to see that we just had the WT Next Gen come through, but now these even younger women are coming through, um, which is exciting. Kind of the same on the ATP side with people like um, Musetti and Sinner. But, um, I mean, in this tournament, we've kind of, I think, the most, you know, uh, tight part of the draw is actually the top half here because we could see a possible Fernandez versus Cerebus Tormo semifinal. And as we said, Cerebus Tormo is playing some of her best tennis these past couple of weeks. Um, obviously, that's only if she'll come through her quarterfinal versus Schmidlova, but I think that a Fernandez Tormo or Fernandez Schmidlova semi is going to be a lot more difficult than maybe what Anne Lee has to get through to get to the finals. And then, like we were saying, uh, we did predict Anne Lee to win the title, so we I think she can definitely still do it. She does face Golubich like we were talking about in the semifinal, but definitely still a big shot at getting there. Like we said, she's on the rise. It looks like there's no stopping her here at this level. So we're saying at least the final, if not the whole thing, which we were saying from the beginning. I would love to see a Fernandez versus Lee final. Like that would be my ideal uh, matchup then. I think that would be very exciting because both of them would be would have a shot at getting a WTA tour level title which would be very promising for uh, the two of them but it's nice to see them both having success gen z podcast supporting gen z players would you look at that thank you so much for joining us and that is game set and match for today If you like this episode, please let us know and stay tuned for more. We'll be providing you all the coverage of the tournaments this week and, of course, all the tea on tour. Email us at holdontoyourbracket at gmail.com for any questions and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Hold On To Your Racket is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Hold On To Your Racket on Instagram and at H-O-T-Y-R underscore Tennis Pod on Twitter. Our next episode will be released on Monday, where we will preview the Miami Open. And remember, my name is Josefina. And my name is Shravya. That is, if you enjoyed this episode. If you didn't like it, please tell your friends my name is Ben and Shravya's name is Harry. See you next time.